you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to Psalm 27. Psalm 27. This is God's Word. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And take heart and wait for the Lord. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Don't you ever wish that you could just structure your life in such a way that you get past all the problems and everything from there on out, you can just coast? Don't you ever wish that, you know, I've worked through this and I've worked through this and I had to overcome that, but now, yay, everything's easy. That's not reality. I mean, we'd like to get to that point, but it's not going to happen in this world. David, if you think about him, the fellow who wrote this, was a man who had been through a lot. He was a man who had 
as a young man, trusted God. When he was assigned by his father to take care of the sheep, he took that job seriously. It was not a fun job. When you're looking after sheep out in the country, as he was, and the sun is beating down, you may or may not be able to find a shade tree. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. But wherever the sheep are, that's where you are. And when the rain comes up, and the rain's pouring down, wherever the sheep are, that's where you are. And you're not going to bring the flock into the house. You're out there looking after those animals. Not a fun job. A rather smelly job. Not a high-paying job. Not a well-respected job. But it was David's job. And from time to time, wild animals attacked his father's flock. And he said, well, you know, we've still got a lot of other sheep. No. He ran to where the trouble was, and if there was a lion attacking the flock, David attacked the lion. If there was a bear attacking the flock, David attacked the bear. And God gave him victory in situation after situation because David worked out every night and got really buff. Nope, that's not the reason. Now, does that mean he didn't work out and that he wasn't really buff? No, actually the Bible says he was in great shape. He had a good physique. But that isn't where his trust was and that isn't where his success came from and David knew it. David describes how the Lord gave him victory over the lion and the Lord gave him victory over the bear. And that was why David was confident that he would have victory over Goliath, the giant from Gath. And he was victorious. He not only killed Goliath, killed a whole bunch of other Philistines and the people were all celebrating his victory. So that's pretty much it. You can retire at that point, can't you? No. David would face years of life-threatening situations after he had been anointed to be the next king, but before the king who was in rebellion against God was finally destroyed. For years, Saul who was not only the king, but he was David's employer, and he was David's father-in-law. You talk about a complicated situation with a whole bunch of unhealthy dynamics. David lived it. His father-in-law employer king, Saul, literally was out to kill him. One time they were at the dinner table, and Saul threw a spear at him. Saul took a spear, and Saul was a warrior, and he was good with a spear. He took it, he threw it at David, it stuck in the wall. And David uh, didn't stay for dessert. Saul took an army and chased after David year after year. 
David was on the run. David had to go to a foreign country. He went and lived with the Philistines for a while after having been a leader of Israel's army against the Philistines. Now he's over there because it's easier and safer to be over there with the people he had previously fought against than to stay back in Israel where he's being pursued by Saul. And so then, finally Saul dies, David's installed as king, now I can coast. No. In fact, the worst problem David ever had was when he tried to coast. Everybody else goes off to war. David decides he's going to stay back in Jerusalem. They don't really need me anymore. And that's when he really got in trouble. You remember about Bathsheba. So what is this psalm saying? Our only hope in the continuing battles and struggles of this life is the Lord. Don't expect your problems to go away. Don't expect to finally reach a stage where now all the fighting is done. No. In this world, there's going to be tribulation. You can count on difficulty. Even when you're old and gray, you can count on difficulty. But look at David's attitude. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That is a great verse to memorize if you have any problems with fear. When the feeling of fear comes against you, you need to recite this verse. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I don't have to be afraid of anything. Well, don't you think maybe something difficult or painful might come against you? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But you know what? The Lord holds me in the palm of his hand. And so whatever comes, even when it hurts, I'm okay. I'm safe in him. Folks, it's a great privilege for me to be able to come each evening and bring God's Word on these stations. I am so thankful that I have the opportunity to do that. But if you listen regularly, you know that my life day-to-day is involved in trying to minister to kids who come from very difficult situations. I want to ask you to please help us. Contact us at wvr.org and find out how you can be part of the miracle. wvr.org. Please help us help these children. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown Where Jesus is And he's holding out his hand When evil men advance against me To devour my flesh Doesn't sound like they're coming just to take a penalty To devour my flesh When my enemies and my foes attack me They will stumble and fall David had seen God's deliverance again and again Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, and all those things happen to David, even then I will be confident. When David was having to flee from Jerusalem, I mean get out of town, 
and his son was leading a rebellion against him and wanted him dead, David's confidence remained in the Lord. Well, then why did he flee Jerusalem? Because he needed to. But as he's going along and people are throwing things at him, including not only physical objects but cursing, one of his soldiers says, let me kill that guy who's doing that. David says, no, maybe the Lord will see what he's doing and have mercy on me. David's only hope was in the Lord's mercy. So he says, even then, I will be confident. There's one thing I ask of the Lord. Verse 4. One thing, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He'll hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. He says, my place of safety is with the Lord. I want to get close to God. Is that your desire? If somebody said to you, what would you really like? If you could just arrange your life any way at all, what would you like to do more than anything? David says, I'll tell you what it is for me. I want to get close to God. I want to spend the rest of my life just looking at the Lord, beholding the beauty of his holiness. Now, how can we do that? Well, that's what happens if we approach the scriptures correctly. As we look into the scriptures, we get to know God more. And it shapes the way that we view everything else. So that when we see the sunset, we don't just think, that's pretty. We think, praise the Lord. God made that so beautiful. When we see flowers, all the mountain laurel all over this mountain here, we don't just think, well, that's nice. We think, magnificent. God, you've done great things. Creation is a book that speaks of God's greatness and God's affection for his creation. I love to hear the whippoorwill sing. The first bird that I learned to imitate as a child was the robin. I'm not a great bird call guy. But I was on my way to kindergarten and I heard the robin calling. And I stopped and I began imitating it. And I've loved that song ever since. And it's fun in the springtime to send out that call and to hear a robin answer. God has filled our lives with beautiful things. But if all we see is the things and we don't look through them and past them to see him, then we're missing the point. David says, I want to be with the Lord, dwelling in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. 
Then my head, verse 6, will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle, I'll sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. And as we've said before, David was a great musician and wrote more best-selling songs than anybody in history. Think about it. Thousands of years later, his songs are still being sung. His lyrics are still being read. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Be merciful to me, he says. Why, why is mercy needed? Because we've sinned. We can't just come waltzing into God's presence like, hey, how's it going? Why? Because all of us have sinned. And so our only access to God is on the basis of his mercy. It's on the basis of what he's done for us. That's why now we can draw near. And David knew that. And he would pray repeatedly, we see it in the Psalms, asking God for mercy. He says, I want to seek your face. Be merciful to me and help me to know you better. And then he says this, which I think is especially beautiful. Verse 10. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. I've known a lot of people whose families fell apart and the children ended up feeling forsaken. They felt as if there wasn't anybody who was really looking out for them. That's a scary situation to be in. But it has been my joy not to say, well, you can count on me. But to say, listen, I know someone who loves you and who will never forsake you. God promises, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Learn to depend on him. What do you do when you have nowhere else to turn. Well, run to the Lord. But if you really run to Him, do you know what you find? You have a Heavenly Father who is more wonderful than any earthly father can possibly be. Do you know what my greatest desire for my biological and adopted children was as they were growing up? That they would learn to trust Him. Not that they would see that they are so blessed to have me as their father. I am a wonderful person, do you know? Would you like to hear about what a great man I am? Ugh! Wretched. But oh, I can tell you all day and all night about what a great God we serve. What a wonderful father he is. God loves you. He really, really loves you. He loves us so much 
that he sent Jesus to save us when we didn't deserve it at all. We needed mercy. But David knows that the one place he can always turn is to the Lord. And he says, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. And so he prays in verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. In other words, I've got people who are coming against me. Show me where I should go. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. David had enemies, real enemies, people who wanted to see him destroyed. And so he's running to the Lord, and he's saying, Lord, you show me what to do. I just want to focus on you. I don't want to focus on the problems. Because the Lord is my light and my salvation. Therefore, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Therefore, of whom shall I be afraid? Verse 13, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm going to see God's kindness in this life. Wait for the Lord. Who's he talking to? Himself. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. He is trusting in God in a difficult time. That's what I pray you'll remember to do. Because all of us are going to go through difficulty. As long as we live, there will be challenges to face. I took a couple of the students for uh, an opportunity to practice driving. And uh, we went to a church parking lot where I taught my daughter to drive. And as we're sitting there in the parking lot, practicing driving, a gentleman pulled in and, in his car. And when he realized who I was, he said, oh, Mrs. Wood was your mother. And he said, I remember her. Now, my mom spent the last years of her life in a nursing home right across the street from that church. And he said, I just was talking about her. Mom's been gone now. She died at age 99, and she's been gone for, goodness, a lot of years. But he said, I just shared a story about her uh, from the pulpit two, two Sundays ago. He said, I remember what a blessing she was and how she loved the Lord. And he said, I went over to the nursing home one day, and she was in there sharing the gospel with one of the residents. Mom didn't like being in the nursing home. She couldn't be with us because she required round-the-clock care. But I'll tell you something. Mom said to me after she went in the nursing home, when I lived with you and your family, everyone was nice to me, but I had no mission. She said, everyone in your family was saved. She said, here, I have a mission again. Some of the people here are Christians, but there are a lot of people here who don't know Jesus. And so this is my mission field. And she spent her days, even as her mind was in and out, when she was with us, she was sharing Jesus with the residents. She said, sometimes they give us magazines like this, and we cut out letters from the pages, 
and then we arrange them to spell things. And she said, so I'll spell out things like, Jesus loves you, and then ask the person next to me, can you read that? She was on mission. I don't care how long you live. I just want you to focus on Jesus. I don't care if you make a lot of money or not much at all. I just want you to focus on Him. It's not about what the world calls success. It's about drawing near to God. Seek the Lord. Seek His face. Love the Lord your God because He loved you first. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.